0: Happy Friday everyone, and welcome to Wait 5 Minutes, the Floridian Podcast. I'm Nick DeLisandro. Last week I told you that I'd be covering snowbirds and tourism with the over 65 crowd this week. However, I was drawn to a much more pressing issue. Education. With today being the end of second weeks of classes for public schools in Florida, children, teachers, and families are facing a slew of problems. As the gubernatorial race heats up, education has arisen as a key issue amongst the candidates and with Florida facing as many crises in the fields of education as it is, it's important to know what exactly to watch out for. I'd like to offer a warning in advance. Later in the episode, I'll be briefly discussing the recent trend of school shootings in the country. I just wanted to warn you in case the topic is too upsetting to listen to. Before we dive into this multifaceted topic, some news. First, last week, Senator Bill Nelson, who was up for re-election for his seat in the Senate, announced that Russian intelligence operatives had infiltrated the Florida election systems. This is a serious claim and one that was met with much suspicion by politicians and the press alike. On August 7th, when discussing the threat of Russian meddling in the election, Nelson said, quote, the Russians are in Florida's records, unquote. When asked about what he means, he responded, that's classified. PolitiFact reports that, quote, state and federal officials, as well as multiple county election officials, have said they have no evidence that Russians are in Florida's election records. There are, however, other stories of voter purging happening across the country, but that is being done by the federal government itself. The Economist shares a report that, quote, in the past five years, four states have conducted purges in ways that violate federal standards, unquote. In addition, as I worked on this very episode, there was some breaking news on the algae bloom that is sweeping across the coasts of Florida. You'll recall that the toxic algae bloom is primarily growing in Lake Okeechobee in which agricultural runoff and septic tanks have polluted the lake and created a massive bloom of dangerous toxic algae. The overflowing lake cannot be contained by its levees, and the US Army Corps of Engineers releases the excess water into the Okeechobee waterway which connects to the St. Lucie River, which then connects to the ocean. The US Army Corps of Engineers announced on Thursday, the day that this was recorded, that they will be increasing the amount of water leaving Lake Okeechobee. On Friday, they will start releasing 970 million gallons per day, which is more than 200 million gallons more than the current release rate. This is because the amount of water inside of the lake is reaching increasingly concerning levels and the levees around the shores cannot sustain the water. This comes two weeks after the algae bloom led Governor Rick Scott to declare a state of emergency for the entire state of Florida. The waters being released from Lake Okeechobee will be moving toward the coast and will likely bloom into its toxic form shortly. All right now, on to education. The Orlando Sentinel reported on Tuesday that the state of Florida has 4,000 vacant teacher positions. This comes on the tail of reports that there are even more students entering the education system this year, with the Sentinel reporting 20,000 new students this year alone. Almost 70 teaching jobs are posted for Lake, Orange, and Seminole counties on Monday. This Monday, which was the second Monday of the public school year. Why is there such an intense shortage? Several advocates report that there just aren't enough people willing and able to do the job. Many find this to be a bigger problem than the lack of teachers. They're saying that the lack of elementary teachers specifically is a major concern as those jobs are, quote, the easiest teaching jobs to fill, unquote. The shortage comes from several factors. One is the low enrollment at education colleges. Education Week, a nonprofit education-based news outlet, reports that, according to a study by the American Association of Colleges for Teacher Education, over the course of the last decade, quote, there was a 23% decline in the number of people completing teacher preparation programs, unquote. This same report states the number one reason for the enrollment drop was the perception of teaching as an undesirable career. The Orlando Sentinel lists the solutions from several advocates. The Chief Financial Officer for the St. Johns County School District, Michael DeGudis, told the State Board of Education that a quote-unquote livable wage is essential for teachers. He along with Richard Shirley, a superintendent for Sumter County, and Kathy Boehm, a legislative specialist for Florida's Teacher Union, advocated before the State Board on this crisis stating that the incentives and pay will bring in new teachers. There are a couple of things standing in their way. One is a teacher merit pay law. This bill, known as the Student Success Bill, was signed into law in 2011 as Governor Scott's very first signed legislation as governor. The evaluation system went into effect in July of 2014. The law included several things, such as a performance scale that rated teachers as highly effective, effective, needs improvement, or unsatisfactory. Those evaluations would be based partially on student learning gains based on grades. Teachers working in math and science would also receive more money as those subjects are quote-unquote hard to staff. In addition, new teachers starting in July of 2011 would be on annual contracts instead of being able to receive tenure after three years of positive evals. In February of 2017, Leslie Postal, who covers education for the Orlando Sentinel, reported that since the law was passed, the Orange County School District did not show quote significant or stable improvements, unquote. There was only one stable increase, which was the dissatisfaction from teachers. In January of this year, Postal reported that several lawmakers are now looking to pass a new law, one that would not make this merit pay mandatory, but would instead make it something each individual school chose. This would have positive impacts on teacher morale, but still would not be able to provide the state funding to pay the teachers properly. Florida teachers are paid $10,000 less per year than the national average. So where do we get the money for that? Dagudis suggests using the Best and Brightest Teacher Scholarship Program, which is a bonus program that has $230 million attributed to it and is given to teachers based on the quality of the SAT and ACT scores from their students. So where exactly is the base money coming from? Not the bonuses and not the changes to how we pay them. Where is the money coming from? Well, the main source with K-12 education is a program called Florida Education Finance Program. According to PolitiFact, this program is, quote, a combination of state and local funding. PolitiFact goes on to add that the total budget in the state for K-12 education this year is $21.1 billion. That equates to over $7,000 per student. That's a lot, right? Rick Scott certainly is proud of that number saying it's the highest it's ever been, and that's true. PolitiFact, however, reports that superintendents are complaining about this money, as the majority of this quote-unquote extra cash is being used on safety and mental health, not for education. More on that in one second. There's money going to education from other locations than the aforementioned program, such as the Florida Lottery. Voters approved the creation of the Florida Lottery in 1986. They did so with the caveat that the profits received by the lottery would be used to improve public education. It wasn't meant to be the main funding for public schools, but rather as extra cash. Before the lottery existed, the state funded education with 61%. Now, the state takes 52%. That's a 9% difference. The Florida Lottery website currently says that $33 billion have been, quote, maximizing revenues for education, unquote, since 1988. The TC Palm, however, shares reports countering that. They spoke with Mark Pudlow, spokesperson for the Florida Education Association, or FEA, which is Florida's teachers' union. He says that the money made from the lottery doesn't go towards education. Instead, it goes to the quote-unquote regular pot. The Florida Lottery also pays for Bright Futures, a scholarship program that the Florida Lottery claims has sent over 700,000 students to school. Most people are saying, however, that Bright Futures is not fully funded. So back to the distribution of that state funding. Where is that money going? In March of this year, Governor Scott passed a sweeping gun bill called the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Act, named for the school shooting in South Florida in February of this year. The bill raised the age to purchase guns to 21. The bill also included a movement for county governments to hire guardians for public school campuses, $69 million towards mental health work in schools, $98 million to increase security at schools, and ban selling or owning bump fire stocks. The money for security would be used in several ways, but the most common usage is the $58 million of it, which would be spent on hiring trained campus police officers. This would be moving it away from where it currently is, which is with the Guardian program established by the aforementioned bill. The guardian program is one that is being discussed across the state, but mostly in Central Florida and Polk County, where civilians are being trained to protect teachers and students on campuses that don't have resource officers or sheriff's deputies. CBS News reports that these guardians will earn $30,000 per year, which is less than a resource officer. They will be armed, and the lower salaries allow for Polk County to ensure that they have one of these guardians at every school in the county. The Guardian program is not mandatory statewide and is entirely voluntary. In order for it to be moved into action, the county school board and the county sheriff's office must agree that this must be put forward, and the Guardians themselves must complete 132 hours of, quote, comprehensive firearm safety and proficiency training to be eligible, unquote. This comes from the Florida government website. Now, as for the candidates for governor, several of them have sharp criticism of these actions, and some of them have plans for a bright education future in the state. Jeff Green is currently fourth place with the Democrats. He is critical of the Guardian program, saying there should be trained guards instead of, quote, some second-class guardian, unquote. This comes from WLRN in Miami. Green has made education a main point of his campaign, as he is the founder of a private school in South Florida, so he should know a thing or two, theoretically. According to the Orlando Sentinel, Green says, as governor, he would increase teacher salaries and plans to, quote, spend more on education without raising taxes. Gwen Graham has also made education a focal point. She was a lawyer for a school district, after all. According to her website, Gwen is also critical of the lottery money usage, calling it a, quote, unquote, cynical shell game. She also wants to increase teacher salaries, which is a very common Democratic Party stance. So let's break all of this down into a few key points. Here we go. Number one, the state of Florida is currently in need of about 4,000 teachers in several positions across the state. Two, this comes on the heels of low pay and troublesome student success based pay programs which lead to less people attending school for education. Three, the problem of low pay could be solved with increased funding which the current state budget for education has plenty of but lots of that money is going to school safety. Four. The school safety measures come as a response to the school shooting in February of this year. The new measure would put civilian armed guards on campuses in counties who agree to the measure. It seems to me a rock and a hard place. And the people suffering the consequences of the issue are students, kids. It's hard to argue about the importance of them. As for the candidates we talked about earlier, they're amongst the seven who are campaigning to be the two main candidates for Florida's governor. The midterm to determine that will be on August 28th. I hope you're planning on voting if you're registered. It's kind of a big deal. As for me here at Wait 5 Minutes, I'll discuss that election next week as well as getting to the topic originally scheduled for this week related to snowbirds and the fickle nature of our tourism industry. Until then, thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing or consider leaving a review on iTunes or consider sharing it with a friend. You can't grow if nobody's listening. It would mean a lot. If you have a question for me or have a topic about Florida you want to learn more about, you can email me at wait5minutespodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Our theme song is Good Thoughts by Lobo Loco. All the websites and articles used in the research can be found in the episode description. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and please drink more water.